Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. This is Case 15, The Crosses. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a role-playing game filled with cosmic horror, existential dread, and that reoccurring dream where you're running from a serial killer on a city sidewalk that suddenly transforms into pistachio pudding. So the two of you put aside your petty differences to enjoy dessert, because what else are you going to do with your hands or spoons? I have ideas. Your investigators of the unknown are Brian as Ben. I've been searching so long. Matt. As Kyle. You know, I'm just really waiting on the world to change. And Lupine as Rosa. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome, players. How is everybody doing tonight? What are you eating, drinking? Fine and dandy. You're drinking fine and dandy? Yeah. I'm drinking a gin and tonic. Out of a paper cup? I have had no power. Oh, that's right. You need power to make actual ceramics. I'm not washing dishes. I'll make new ones. (laughs) Well, guys, I just got back from a weekend, a long weekend in Chicago. So I've got travel on the brain right now. What one place is your dream travel destination? And what activities will you engage in once you get there? Japan? Hentai. No. (laughs) (laughs) Japan, for sure, is like my dream destination. I actually would love to see, like, travel the country. They have, like, trains or, you know, tours and stuff like that. I think that'd be amazing to see every part of Japan. Ramen tour of Japan. Let's go. Ooh, a ramen tour. That would be awesome. Holy crap. Ramen and sake. 2027. Let's do it. The Lovecraft Tapes does Japan. Edinburgh? I think I'd go see graveyards because I'm a nerd. You have a rub on gravestone? Uh Uh-huh. I want to go to New Zealand and I want to do the crazy, like, in-depth Lord of the Rings filming tours that they do. Where they, like, take you around the country and, like, show you, oh, this is where this was filmed. And you get to, like, see the the set where the Shire was. I think that would be really freaking cool. That in New Zealand just seems like a fun place. There are more sheep than people. Much like Brian, I do also want to go to Tokyo, slurp some ramen at a downtown noodle shop, and then sneak into one of those back alleys and buy some questionable items from vending machines. And then get some acupuncture from Asami Yamazaki because I hear she's really great with needles. Oh. If you would like to drop us a letter from beyond, please visit lovecrafttapes.com anytime and fill out our contact form. We accept thoughtful criticism, thirsty praise, and even 55-gallon drums of military-grade toxic waste that was flagged for disposal at a decommissioned concrete-sealed bomb shelter, but somehow rolled off the back of the army truck and is now floating down various streams and rivers all across this great land of ours called America. America. Brains. Fuck Yeah. Guys, we do have a couple letters, oddly enough. One's good, one's bad, so let's get to it. (laughs) This is from Kimba. They said, how about introducing madness rolls? Little notches of random dice quantum possibilities to brighten up the character's brain cells. Maybe the uncertain is a little less uncertain. A tiny dash of unpredictability to keep the players on their toes? Impossible. Impossible is so last month's bill. Why not try our new thing? Improbable. And how cool would it be if you, Jeremy, could get both characters and players to go a little batshit crazy? Of course, it shouldn't be big things, but the little innocent things. Think you're opening a wallet? Nope. Dice says you opened a steamy love letter to your grandmother. Or think you're opening your umbrella? Nope. 
Dice says the top turned into a mushroom. You could start an episode rolling a d10. One through nine determines how many times madness rolls are thrown in the simple actions through an episode. And zero, well, zero is zero. I think it's cool. I'm all for the chaos. That was our good one. The bad ones is from someone called Dread Damien, who says, love the show, was very disappointed to hear some off-color Trump derangement in the last episode. Please keep the politics out of an otherwise excellent show. Who's Trump? Politics is part of our life, whether we want it or not. And uh, you're welcome to tune us out if you don't like the color of our jib, the cut of our jib or the color. Well, well, Brian's jib is a weird color, but I keep telling you to see a doctor about that. It's puce. The show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on Patreon.com slash Lovecraft Tapes. If you want to support us, please do so there. Thank you to A.E. Jonesy, Amanda Power, Andrew Petty, Batran, Barry Robinson, Benjamin King, Bifford, Boston Harbor Horror, Brindle Stubbs, Brownie Davis, Captain Vashton, Chainsaw Unicorn, Chris Parker, Daniel Caprone, David Winterman, Davinia Vonsarevich, Discordiant, Dom Driver, Elizabeth Grieve, Eric Phillips, Eric Zane, Atulia, Flix Capacitator, Frank Delventhal, Jordy Rose, Holden Omans, Horst Draper, Huge Pie, I Got Walls on a Roof, Ineptus Astartus, James Brown, James Mayo, J.R., J. Clark, Jeff Howie, Jefferson Bell, Jeffrey Young, Jehovah's Thickness, John Caballero, John Konopasic, John May, John Scarcella, Justin Lovak, Casper Ryback, Key Kevin C, Kevin G, Kyle Sherman, Little Rowan Plays, Liz Moonberry, Luke Corbin, Malambra57, Marty Dixon, Matt's sister, literally, Matthew, Mick Cope, Mitch L, Nicholas Hutto, Oddity, Oldo Polkert, Ori Taco, Peter VDB, Phil Campbell, Phoenix Black, Prophet of Woe, Rich Pogue, Ripley Iwan, Robert Jameson, Robert Lamb, Rolling Boxcars, Ruined Ashes, Ryan Hill, Surrett and Wizard of Isaglass, Shane Stoley, Sean McConnell, Sheldon Warner, Shelley DM, Smegmus Grundlemunge, Snow, Some Dude, Stephen Gregory, Steve L, The Frilled Shark, Tomas, and finally Wouter Vermeyen. Thank you guys. Thanks for all your moolah and support over these many, many, way too many years. Yes. It's time once again, my friends, to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Goat, goat, goat! Who's the greatest of all time? We are! Hi! I'm Billy McGruff, owner and proprietor of Goats We Be, your one stop shop for all things G O A T. Hell yeah, I gotta spell it! Otherwise, they'll know! Anyway, you need sturdy stainless steel feed trough for your barn? We got them in stock and on sale. Looking for fence repair, including ties and wooden posts? We got them by the foot, by the yard, cut to order. In the market for bales of hay or straw, cause you know you gots to replace that bedding every couple months. We got them stacked to the rafters in our warehouse. Oh, and do you have a deep burning desire to hear what your goats might be thinking? Well, they might be plotting behind your back even as you sleep. You've seen the way they look at you, sizing you up with their horizontal pupils and their greasy smile on their so tempting lips. 
Wouldn't it be nice to know what's going on in that pretty little head of theirs? Well, now you can. Introducing new Cud Gum. It's the flavor sensation you'll love to chew and the biochemical mechanism by which you can establish a mind meld with your favorite horned beauty. Simply pop a stick in your mouth, give it a minute to kick in, then go pet old Buttercup. Once the link is connected, you'll know because your goat's eyeballs will turn completely black. You're free to chat amongst yourselves. Find out what horror movies starring goats she really likes. Discover her favorite goat-themed big band music. And, of course, receive the answer you've desperately been seeking. Does she like it when you pet her there? <laughs> Developed in partnership with HW Pharmaceuticals, you can find Cud Gum at any of our Goats We Be locations. Remember... If it ain't G-O-A-T, then you might as well be D-E-A-D. And we're back. If you were to pitch a competitor for that product tender service, what would it be called and how would you improve upon the original? Fungus flakes, a treatment for your dandruff. You put the flakes in and people will think, oh, you have dandruff. No, no, it's just fungus flakes. I would go with a juice room and it would make you go nowhere ever again. I'm not sure what it would be called or what form it would take, but it would run on proprietary blockchain technology. For the biggest return. I would improve the original by cutting the time it takes to work by half and then doubling the time you get to enjoy it. Of course, the name would be Unplug and Play. Ooh. I like it. Before we begin, let's review your investigator journal. Aliens. Why don't you put that in there? Under everything, just write alien seven times. (laughs) So the only new things I see on here are duplicating goats, naked people with fused together eyes that came out of the hot springs. I also added something under Uncle John. Like, does he know what's going on? Does he know about the duplicates and the mushrooms? Are they tied together? Kyle, get with it. Sorry. My theory is the government did it. Well, we're close to a military base, so it could be military experiments. They're making mushrooms to help the soldiers to be able to plant them and eat them in any environment. This happened. Oops, all mushrooms. Worst breakfast cereal ever. Got some theories. Let's see if they uh, pan out. We're going to continue here. So now, dear investigators, we play Case 15, Tape 6, Speaking in Earth Tongues. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. To those who pay attention to peculiar circumstances in the world, formerly hidden cracks widen to reveal mysteries better left unseen. After reuniting after church on Sunday, our three curious teenagers decide to explore the nearby hot springs but are waylaid by the local bully. However, instead of a violent confrontation, an unexpected alliance is formed. Friendships are tested as fresh horrors arise from the mushroom-infested forests, and our investigators decide to divide and conquer. A creeping dread has bloomed in the sleepy burg of Las Cruces. 
Will someone put a stop to it? Or will this new life keep spreading unabated? Ben, you spent a lot of time looking at rocks. Pea-sized gravel behind your house, polished pebbles down by the river, massive boulders jutting from the sandy beach of the ocean, and even bricks that comprised your city's schoolhouse. It fascinated you how these solid structures formed over time and their interaction with the rest of life on this planet. A few years ago, you were scampering along a steep shale ridge to the south on the hunt for hunks of lava after reading about cinder cones. The day was cold and breezy, so when a particularly harsh gust threatened to push you down the slope, you ducked into one of the wind caves to seek shelter. It was there you first saw a phosphorescent pink mold clinging for dear life in the craggy surfaces of the cavern. You instinctively reached out to touch it. It was soft and furry like a caterpillar. A couple days later, the finger that came into contact with the fungus got a little red spot on it, which itched like crazy. Your mom put some kind of lotion she'd gotten at Herbs on the rash, and almost overnight it cleared up. You don't remember what the medicine was, but you do recall the medical condition. Dermatophytosis, otherwise known as ringworm. And it looked the same as what you see on Rosa's neck right now. Rosa, you've spent a lot of time caring for farm animals. Chickens, feral cats, and of course, goats. By now, you knew exactly what goats looked like, what they smelled like, what they sounded like. On several occasions, you've had to assist your father with births and saw your fair share of biological defects and stillbirths. So, you pride yourself on having a strong constitution for dealing with these things. But, as you use the stick to clear away more hay from around the misshapen lump next to your family's unresponsive prized goat, you are overwhelmed with disgust. The thing bleats at you in protest. Its formless mass in roughly the same shape as Jezzy, but somehow unfinished. Familiar red-capped toadstools grow in a thin line on the ground between the two creatures, bridging the gap. Nearby, the other three baby goats nestle sleeping with other, smaller, ominous shapes, uncomfortably close to them, half-hidden beneath the straw bedding. Kyle You've spent a lot of time 
slapping butts. It was one of those skills that either got you a congratulatory nod from the gym teacher or two weeks' detention from the principal. You've slapped butts in sporting events, butts in the guys' showers and school after sporting events, and once even Margie Tanner's butt at the concession stand while waiting to buy a Slurpee during a sporting event. Sure, she gave you a black eye for the trouble, but it was worth it. However, you have to admit, slapping alien butts was a first. You weren't sure how to feel, exactly. It seemed like a momentous achievement, but then again, you don't remember anyone giving out trophies for alien butt slapping. Unless it was some kind of intergalactic sporting event? That thought makes you smile as you stand in the forest with a bag full of mushrooms and itchy hands as the murmuring behind you in the clearing seems to be getting closer and Randy's voice ahead of you, just past that large clump of bushes, whispers in awe, Dude, what the fuck is this? I don't know. I'm like not looking at it. Ugh. I'm going to go over and see what he's looking at real quick. You move away and push past the large clump of bushes to see Randy standing next to something you never expected to see in the woods. Less than 60 yards from where tourists and hikers have been soaking in the supposedly therapeutic waters of the natural soaking pools in the Gaviota State Park for decades, a massive rock juts from a patch of sundered earth. Its roughly egg-shaped bulk stands about 15 feet high and sprawls twice that in circumference with a texture much like that of the pockmarked wind caves to the southwest. The color, too, is somewhat like that of cavernous stone, with a darker charcoal complexion, striated with emerald veins that seem to glow slightly, pulsing as if alive. But that could be a trick of the sunlight filtering through the leaves above. Near the peak of this obelisk is a massive crack, as if something had erupted from within. All around, the strange crimson-capped mushrooms sprout, thousands upon thousands, heavily concentrated at the base of the rock, as if protecting it like an army and growing like the swath of a sword in the exact direction of the hot spring waters behind you. A miasma of sulfur fills your nostrils and tickles the back of your throat. Dude, like, what? I'll give you a dollar if you go touch it. A dollar? Yeah, I'll do it. And Randy moves slowly, even maybe a little trepidatiously, towards the rock. Uh, why don't you give me a spot hidden? I needed a 60, I rolled a 32. That is a successful spot hidden. As Randy moves through this tiny forest of mushrooms toward the rock, they almost part, anticipating his footfalls, and then close behind him so that there is no record of his path toward the rock. The second thing you notice is Randy is 
not quite as brave as maybe you had expected him to be. He's actually trembling slightly as he approaches to within just a couple feet and holds out his hand to touch the rock. The last thing you notice is the sundered earth that you saw around the rock appears to have surged upward as if the rock had come from the ground and not fallen from the sky. Mole people. Randy reaches out his hand to touch, and as as soon as his fingers get within about a foot from the surface, you begin to hear a loud keening sound coming from both behind you, back at the hot springs, and 50 yards further on into the deeper forest. It sounds like... Nothing you've heard before. It's almost a high-pitched whistle that is coming from several sources and intertwining with one another tonally. And Randy freezes in place, his hand outstretched. He looks over his shoulder. Dude, what the, what the fuck is that? And I was just with my arms and both my sides flapping them like small wings. And you see Randy's brow furrow and he gets this pissed off look on his face. A dollar, you said. Yeah. And he slaps his hand on the rock. You hear a crackling noise and you smell ozone in the air. The keening noise immediately stops. And then Randy falls backward, flat on his back amid the mushrooms, which quickly cover his body. Just going to go really wide-eyed and then immediately turn and start sprinting back out of the forest. Ben, you see ringworm on Rosa's neck. And Rosa, you see this patch of mushrooms connecting Jesse to this thing that appears to be becoming Jesse, as well as the three lumps next to the other baby goats. Hey, 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 Rosa. Yeah? There's something on your neck. I think it's ringworm. Oh, ringworm. Is it itchy? Yeah. I had something like that a couple years ago. My mom put a cream on it and it was okay in a day, but I don't know if these are normal mushrooms. Really worried here. I don't think they're normal either. Like, look at this thing. It looks sort of like Jesse or something. Maybe we should move the other goats away because I don't, I don't want them to get hurt. Yeah. It looks like it's becoming her or something. Yeah. Let's move the others away. Okay, you get you get Jesse, I'll get the little ones. I'm going to grab a pitchfork and throw it to him. Ben is impaled onto the side of the barn. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do wrong? I'm not a farmer. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going to give him I'm going to give him uh the pitchfork that's sitting up against the fence. I'll go to one of the babies and um brush the hay or the straw off the babies and the things that are next to them. Uh yeah, so you use the stick to uncover the lumps, and it's the same situation. There are three lumps, uh, each of which have a line of red-capped toadstools growing in the soil, forming a sort of bridge between them and the actual baby goats. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden, Rosa. 41 over 25. I failed. These lumps are unformed, but they don't even look like goats, these little ones. Don't touch them. Ben, just just try to like take the pitchfork and like move them away. Maybe we should even take the take the lump things and get them out of here. Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. Do you have like a burn pile or something? Yeah, there's a burn pile uh, outside the fence. 
So just dump it over the fence and then we'll move over there with the pitchforks. I'm going to slowly put the pitchfork underneath the first small lump, being as gentle as I can, not knowing what it is, and lift it slowly and put it over the fence and just turn the pitchfork to drop it. Not stabbing it, not throwing it at Rosa. Ben gently, carefully, cautiously slips the tines of the pitchfork into the soil beneath the lump and then gently lift upwards. As he does so, you see tendrils that had clearly been growing underground in the soil lift up and pull back at the same time. Like, I want to get away from it, but I'm not thinking of the thing on the end of the pitchfork. I'm thinking of myself, which is to get away. So I'm going to take a step back, but with the pitchfork and the lump on it. Give me a dexterity roll, please. I needed an 80. I rolled a 39. That's hard. The tendrils burst from the ground, lifting up along the same path as the red-tipped toadstools until you see where they connect to the actual baby goat. Are they moving by themselves or they just appear to be? They appear to be connective tissue. Rosa, what is this? Get rid of it. Just throw it out of the pen. Now I'm going to get rid of it and yeet it right out of the, into the middle of the yard. Let's say strength. I need a 50. I rolled a 90. That's kind of fitting though for the panic that I'm in. Comes straight back and hits you in the face. Really hope he doesn't throw it at me. Ben's like Don Knotts in uh, any movie <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, you, you attempt to do what Rosa asks you and, and eat this thing over, over the fence, but you are woefully unprepared for this. You realize it's too late that you're actually too far from the uh, fence to even do a proper yeet. So you, you do your best and two things occur. You hear... Weird bow twang noises as the tendrils disengage from the baby goat, which deflates like a dodgeball that had been pierced. Wait, when you say baby goat, do you mean... I mean the actual baby goat it was attached to, yeah. And the creature, the lump that you yeeted, essentially just slips from the pitchfork rolls on the ground, and then unfurls and stands upright. Oh! Wobbling slightly. And it looks like the worst nightmare baby goat you've ever seen. Patches of fur, one eye malformed, its tongue lolling from its mouth. And of course, that one eye is unblinking. Kill it with a fire! I'm going to need both you guys to roll sanity. Please. Why? Hell yeah. We've seen this every day of our lives. <laughs> this is so normal. I needed a 39. I rolled a 19. That's hard. I rolled a 99. <laughs> That's pretty bad. But that makes sense because like, I'm attached to these goats. Yeah, it does. As long as you're not like physically attached to them like that mushroom thing was. Rosa got to see in close-up proximity the baby goat literally deflate. All of that is going to be a D4, please. Nice. Take a point, and Ben does not. In the meantime, I'm just like frozen staring at the deflated baby goat. So, Calorie, you're hoofing it. Heck yeah. Uh, I'm going to need a stealth from you to avoid a chase. 
I needed a 40. I rolled an 86. That is a failure. So then we are going to go into a chase sequence. God damn it. My drive auto is terrible. Chase is not great. Bank of America isn't much better. Let's be honest. (laughs) Double check in my chase rules here. Each participant makes a con roll. Success. No change to move rate. If you get an extreme, you get plus one to move rate. A failure is a minus one to move rate. So why don't we start there with a con roll, please? Uh, I needed a 70. I rolled a 17, which is hard. Yeah, that's no change to move rate. So what I'm going to do is roll mine. And that is actually a fail. So that puts them on par with you. We're going full Scooby-Doo here. In and out of different spots in the trees. At some point, I end on the back of one of the mushroom creatures and we both look surprised. Hey, Kyle, ask what's chasing you. Well, he doesn't know yet. He All he knows is something is chasing him. Basically, you have the same move rates. Dex order. What's your dex currently? 50. They're going to go before you do. All participants have one move action. One move action for every move above the slowest participant. Basically, they just have one move action. Then you're going to be encountering some uh, issues. You know, Kyle, I'd offer you a goat to ride on, but... Uh... It's out of air. We underinflated the goats. It's deflate gate, but for goats. <laughs> so uh, they're going to use... One move action to uh, move forward one. Your turn. Use my move action to move forward. (laughs) And they're going to move forward, and then it's your turn. Serpentine. You can fight. You can cast a spell. You 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 can do other things rather than move if you want. Leviosa. Continue to just panicked scramble forward. And at this point, I'm going to just like blindly chuck the bag of mushrooms that I'm holding behind me. A patch of the mushrooms appear to be rising from the ground as if they are one sentient being attempting to block your path forward. It's almost like a football drill. (laughs) Dude, those mushrooms are nasty. This is just going to be a dex to to avoid that. Otherwise, you're going to plow straight into them. Uh, I needed a 50. I rolled an 18. That's a hard success. All right. So you've gone ahead and moved ahead then. So no problem there. They're going to move ahead one. And I assume you're going to move ahead the next one. Yeah. And they're going to move ahead. Isn't this a really great chase, guys? You enter the hot springs clearing and you can see the trailhead just in front of you. But it's quite muddy here because of the hot springs. And part of the ground has given way. You're going to need a jump. I needed a 40. I rolled a 51, which is a failure. How much luck do you have? 43. Well, now you got 32, man. I'm not going to spend it. I'm just going to let it stand. Please roll D3. You're going to move ahead, but you're going to lose two actions. And during those two actions, he's going to move up right behind you. (sighs) Then you manage to attain your footing just as you see the bushes around the hot springs begin to rustle and something pressing in from all sides, multiple entities. You can see the face of Jennifer Almost, your teacher, pushing through the leaves, unblinking, staring at you. Go ahead and roll me a sanity for that. Uh, I needed a 60. I rolled a 63. That is a failure. Take one point of sanity damage. The momentary thought of, hey, hot teacher, this should be exciting. Naked hot teacher. Go slap her butt again. And then I remember the the weird fused limbs and immediately just retch and vomit on the ground in front of me as I'm still trying to like blindly run down this trail. See you later, fuckers. (laughs) Do you remember that branch that had the uh, spider webs on it? What branch? All too late, you you see you're coming up on that self-same branch, which is hanging over the trail. Do a dodge, right? Yes, do a dodge. 
I needed a 25 and I rolled a 60. That's a failure. Slap. It hits you right underneath the chin. You... I do a full rotation around the branch before I hit the ground, like in the cartoons. Bonk. And you land face down in the dirt. The creature moves forward, reaches toward you. And it's Jennifer almost in the front of the pack of these creatures. And in order to avoid... Getting touched in your no-no square. Pull out my whistle. She just reaches out and boops you on the nose. Ringworm. <laughs> Let's just do a dex. I needed a 50. I rolled a 36. That is a success. You managed to scooch underneath the branch, pull it back, and then slap it directly into her face. She doesn't react at all. Yeah, that's what you get for failing me on that one math test. And you... Run pell-mell down the trail. It's about 20 feet from your bike when you realize the branch had actually cut your chin. And you have blood just dripping down the front of your shirt. Take a point of damage, please. Dude, that's so metal. Chicks dig scars, you know. As you mount your bike, we'll pick up with Rosa and Ben. I think I'm probably just going to bolt back towards the house. Rosa! 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 Ben! Come on! I'm going to freak out, and I'm going to throw the pitchfork at it. Give me a throw. I need a 50. I rolled a 97. You overcorrect, and it goes sailing over the fence into the woods. Ben, our pitchfork! Two minutes later, you hear... (laughs) (laughs) Two minutes? Damn, I got an arm on me. Yeah, wow. And I'm running towards Rosa, just following as close as I can, keep checking over my shoulder. I'm holding open the door. I'm only going to lock it when Kyle shows up. Or Ben. No, no, when Kyle shows up, I can come in. I scramble into the house as fast as I can. Oh, no, you're still screaming, man. It's going to be at least four more episodes before you finish screaming and get into the house. I'm going to you know, slam the door. I'm going to lock it. There's a broom closet in the hall next to the kitchen, and so I'm going to run to the broom closet and go and grab a broom. I'm going to hand Ben a mop. <gasps> a wear-mop? Oh, God, not the wear-mop! Rosa, what happened to the go? I don't know, Ben, but we have to keep them away from us. And these will help us, I don't know, keep some distance or something. Where's your dad? Where's your mom? I don't know. I burst into tears. I don't know where they are. Are they supposed to be here? I guess we could go looking at the church. Your mom was at the church, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Should we sneak out the back and try to circle around? Yeah. Ben, we should figure out what happened to Kyle. We can use the reach to see where he is. Let's do it. Rosa, take it away. I just stand still. I scrunch up my eyes and my arms to my sides. I'm holding my broom like you shall not pass. (laughs) Fly, you fools. I rolled a 47 on an 80. So that is a normal success. You know that Kyle is in the woods and he is approximately uh, south of you. That's all you know. Can I spend luck? I leave it up to you. Do you vote to say yes, luck can be used? Yes. Yeah, I think I'm okay with that. I think, yeah. Seven points of luck minus from you. And you can increase that to a hard success. And so hard success is to know approximately where the other investigator is. And in this case, you know that Kyle is right at the convergence of Hot Springs Creek Road at Graviota Park boundary near where you guys left your bikes. If I concentrate for a while, can I tell that he's moving? (laughs) That you can't. It's like a flash, right? Ah, savior of the universe. Queen plays in my head. Kyle now has the opportunity to do a power roll to know that he's being probed. 
Oh, wow. Uh, I needed a 60. I rolled a 50. That's a successful power roll. As you mount your bike, uh, you get the impression that Rosa is reaching out to you. I think we should go to the church, Ben. Yeah, we need to find some adults. Maybe the ranger even. Yeah. Was he at the church when we were there? He was in the town asking people if they've seen the, the students. Let's go into town and see if we can find someone. I think we've seen the students. Ugh. Yeah. I'll never eat gherkins again. The little ones. The big ones are okay, but the little ones are, nah, yeah, nah. Vlasic. Got that nice little crunch. Hashtag sponsor us. Hashtag still non-sponsored. Let's get get on our bikes and ride. (laughs) Queen? (laughs) Yeah. Like some fat bottom girls. Right, my pretties. Let's ride down to Gabbiter Park Boundary. And- Going down the driveway, my head is on a swivel so much that I drive off the driveway and almost crash. And from the enclosure, you can hear <laughs> several times. Kyle, you you are on your bike. Which way are you going, buddy? Pedaling as hard as I can back towards the clubhouse. Past my house through the woods in like the straightest line possible. As you are skirting the forest, every little furtive movement of a squirrel or a bird gives you pause. You think these are the things that have been chasing you. And by the time you reach the clubhouse, you are drenched in sweat. Scramble up the ladder into the clubhouse and then pull it up after me and then go inside and just kind of collapse. Don't touch my rock pump. Uh, And then I'm going to start fondling Ben's rock pump. (laughs) Jesus. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden once you're in the clubhouse. Uh, I needed a 60. I rolled a 35. That's a success. So you scramble back on all fours crab walking away from the closed hatch. You you allow yourself to collapse, sweat dripping off of you, and your eye is immediately drawn to that shelf that Rosa set up. You remember the first time that you invited her to this clubhouse. Maybe you were the first one to find this location. Yeah, getting away from his dad. Someone's old clubhouse, you thought, What a great way to start our own clubhouse, me, Ben, Rosa. And you gathered them there. And the first thing Rosa did was, we need to put a shelf up here and put some of our prized possessions up. And this window needs some curtains. We're going to need a rug. This rug really ties the room together. Interior decorating. (laughs) Wayfair.com. Sponsor us, Wayfair. You remember Rosa being so excited about trophies that the three of you could decorate that shelf with things that you found and earned together. That hobo's ear. Oh, gotta love that hobo ear. And so you're looking across these things and there's something that's not quite right there. And then you notice it. The ammo round that you placed there yesterday is gone. Gertie. Ben and Rosa, you are on your bike's Pedaling straight to where? I think I'm going to go to the church. Take me to church. Pedaling furiously, sweat drenched, because it's now late afternoon and the sun is at its zenith. And you notice some clouds are starting to move in. So it's becoming a bit humid too, which is kind of unusual for this time of year. Pass by Mike's filling station and you can see Mike is in there. Uh, Mike's a grumpy old mechanic guy who owns the filling station. He's not a very nice guy. He's got a weird accent. You don't like hanging around him. You don't interact with him very much. So 
you do see him in there working on a car, swearing and drinking a beer. And you make your way to the church. It looks deserted. There's no cars or anything, but that's not unusual. Toss my bike and run inside the church. I'm a follower at this point. The two of you throw your bikes to the ground and race to the front of the church. Rosa, you have a moment where you think, oh shit, nobody's here. And the doors are going to be locked and you're going to be out here with whatever that goat thing was. But you grab the cold, reassuring handles of the church doorway and it opens easily. That familiar waft of candles and incense and Jesus. Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> smells like Jesus. I'm going to turn to bed. Jesus smells like mothballs. <laughs> Jesus smells like mothballs. It's my new country song. I walk in and immediately burst into flames. <laughs> what a cliffhanger. Yeah, so you hear your footfalls echo in the vestibule. I'm going to run in yelling out, Pastor Nancy, Pastor Nancy. Push the door shut and kind of lean against it. Out of breath, panting. Rosa, you hear your voice echo throughout the church. Come out, come out, wherever you are. And that's when I cock my shotgun. That is your only answer, the echo of your words. Ben, as you lean against the door expecting at any moment that something is going to knock behind you. You notice the photos that you had neglected to see this morning posted on the corkboard in the vestibule. The exact same faces as those you saw at the hot springs, the Berkeley students who have gone missing. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. Still nothing closer as to where they came from for me. Definitely scary as shit. They don't have to be fully developed to be functional. And I don't like that. One-eyed, one-horned goat purple people eater. The deflation of the baby goat and then the formation of the lump into a goat. Quotation finger. That's pretty scary because that means it could be anybody or anything. I'm still on the aliens train. I thought you were on the mole people train. Who's to say the mole people aren't aliens? Ancient aliens that came here a long time ago. Now I think it's coming from below. And hot springs, the water comes from below. So it could be carrying whatever it is up. So maybe there's something under the town? Yeah. Maybe. Aliens. There are aliens underneath the town. All the birch trees on the East Coast are... All one organism, that kind of thing. Aliens down under. Oh, God. Crikey. It's not an alien. This is an alien. We got to move on. So now it's time for hashtag recommendos, where we share some of our geeky obsessions. Rosa, you are first. This week, I am going to recommend a book called Cabal. It's by uh, Clive Barker, who writes very scary horror books. I actually don't think this one is that scary. I'm not sure if it's because... I consume a lot of horror media, and so am I, like, desensitized? Or if you've ever read horror stuff from the 30s or the 40s, and you're like, this is not scary. It might just be, like, changing sensibilities. A lot of things are were shocking then that are not shocking now. I still think it's really good. And it's very interesting to see how his writing has progressed, because, you know, he's still writing stuff. Without giving too much away, it's about a person 
who finds out there's something wrong with them. They go to try to fix it, and the way that they end up trying to fix it actually makes it worse and gives them different problems. (laughs) It was published in 85. Yeah, a lot of these things just weren't common yet in horror media, and so it's interesting to look at these things from a lens of me having played a bunch of horror video games and seen horror movies and read horror stuff. So it's a very good book and I would recommend it. It's called uh, Cabal by Clyde Barker. All right. Thank you for jarring our memory with that one. Lupine, appreciate that. Guys, I am up next, so I'm going to go in that same vein, obviously, and recommend a new horror film. I got to see, after uh, many years, another Alamo Drafthouse movie uh, this past weekend. Went to Chicago. They opened up a brand new one near Wrigley Field. It's quite nice. We saw a couple movies, but one of them was uh, Knock at the Cabin uh, from 2023, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, starring Dave Bautista and Rupert Grint. The plot here revolves around a family's cabin vacation getaway that turns into a game of home invasion cat and mouse. But the intruders are not your run-of-the-mill burglars or serial killers. In fact, that's part of the fun, figuring out if the premise is true or not. And I'm not going to spoil it because there are spoilers. And either way, how will the family deal with an impossible dilemma? All around, there's solid acting, even from Rupert Grint. And M. Knight's direction managed to solidly crank up the dread and the stakes while avoiding a slump in what could have been an exploitation flick. He's very good about not showing all of the violence, but just enough to make you really cringe. There aren't that many twists, but it still feels like an M. Knight movie. Even though it's based on something that he didn't write, it's Paul Tremblay's uh, novel, The Cabin at the End of the World, which won the uh, Bram Stoker Award in 2018, I believe, or 2019. And because the book was written before COVID, it's weird that the core story of the movie and the book reflects the pandemic time so accurately. So it adds to this haunting quality to the film. It's not a perfect piece of cinema by any stretch, but it is super solid. And I would recommend it to anybody who wants a good M. Night Shyamalan movie, maybe in the vein of The Visit, which I really loved too. Knock at the Cabin is definitely worth checking out. Do you need to go buy a ticket to it? That's up to you. I really enjoyed my Alamo Drafthouse viewing of it. Anyways, that's my recommendo. And it looks like Matt, you're up next. So we are this week dipping our toes back into the lovely pool that is early access on Steam. And I'm going to recommend a game called Against the Storm. Uh, What this is, is this is a a dark fantasy themed roguelite city builder. I've just been granted the title of Viceroy by the Queen, and it's your job to head out into the wilderness around the city and rebuild civilization. The land you're in is under a curse. Every so many years, something called the Blightstorm rolls through and wipes out everything in existence outside of the small central city. Every time that storm rolls back, the land is totally different. It's a new layout, there are new challenges, and it's your job to go out and build as big of a network of cities and get as many resources and supplies as you can. And it's a really interesting loop because it's almost something kind of akin to like a civilization or you know something in that vein, but there's no combat. 
the the entire thing you're playing against is the environment. Um, there are multiple different biomes that you can choose to settle in, each one having its own boons and banes. Each run comes with a different set of modifiers from an exhaustive list. So every time you go out and build a new city and a new spot on this land, uh, you're going to be facing different challenges. Uh, you're not just settling cities with humans. You're settling, you have humans, you have lizard people, you have beaver people, you have a bunch of other races, and each different race requires its own special things to keep them happy, and you want to keep your citizens happy, otherwise they start leaving your town, and if all your people leave your town because they're unhappy, you lose the game. Uh, so it becomes this this race against completing enough tasks to keep the queen happy so she doesn't kick you out and you lose your job, and keeping everybody happy. Like I said, it's just every time it's something new and something different, and I've been putting a lot of time into it. I love it. Even though it is early access, the devs have put out a, a really great roadmap want list that they're going to add some really neat improvements down the road. Uh, if you're like me and you like strategy city building against the storm is a really solid purchase right now thank you matt and finally brian you're up it's called sue and they make a an entire line of hemp products i purchased their uh hemp dreams moisturizing hand cream because i wash my hands about nine thousand times a day working with 2600 children i need to stay clean and sterilized <laughs> which wreaks havoc on my hands they're horrible look like I'm 90 years old. They're so wrinkly. I got this two weeks ago and my hands look like a baby's butt. It's not oily like a lot of hand lotions are where they're really good ones that leave like a coat on your hands, I guess. This actually seeps in. I'm not sure what it is, but I know that the hemp seed oil, I've had lotions with that in it before, but it has jojoba oil. It's fairly inexpensive and it works fantastic. So I'm going to recommend Hemp Dreams Moisturizing from Sohi, S-O-O apostrophe A-E. And that's it for this episode of the Lovecraft Apes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, Please leave us a review. Meanwhile, visit lovecrafttapes.com for up-to-date information about our podcast and subscribe to our live streams at twitch.tv slash lovecrafttapes or youtube.com slash lovecrafttapes. You can chat with me in real time at discord.lovecrafttapes.com. Uh, and if anybody is ready to go, I am totally willing to collab on Jesus Smells Like Mothballs. Uh, I have I have lyrics. I'm, I'm looking for some people to help with the music. You know, I'm uh, like I said, I'm willing to collab. Uh, find me find me on Mastodon at the real weird kid and, and we'll we'll chat because the world needs to know that Jesus does, in fact, smell like mothballs. If you want to talk about goats turning into fungus, I would love to chat because Mike and it's yay. You can find me in various streams, including this one, but um, you can find all that information on my link tree. It's linktree slash lupine vendetta, all one word. You can find me um, standing on my deck in the backyard, screaming to the sky to stop the goddamn cold weather. So just fi- find me in my backyard. Until next time, roll for Grint. You're a mean one, Mr. Grint. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2023. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.